Tyler Nickel is coming back to the Smith Center on Saturday. It's going to be awesome for him to be there. But uh, Carolina needs to send him and the rest of the Hokies packing with a big old L. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, February 16th, 2024. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to welcome you in to get your Tar Heels content every single day. Thanks so much for making this your first watch or listen. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Hey, Virginia Tech is coming to town tomorrow. Carolina plays them. We're going to talk about the Hokies, get you ready for that. Four Corners preview, all of that in just a little bit. But first, some odds and ends. And I also want to zoom out on another kind of big picture basketball season conversation. Um, first off, as I said, a couple odds and ends. Number one, I had said that Coach Pat Kilby would be with me on the show today. Um, and just look, some Locked on Tar Heels family news right here. Um, Pack needed to go down to Houston to be with his brother Spencer and family. Spencer's been going through cancer, uh, been going through chemotherapy, has been off for about a month, and they went in and discovered multiple new growths. Um, and so Spencer today is starting today, Friday, a brand new round of um, really extensive chemo treatments. And so Pack, being the absolute brother you would expect him to be went to be with the, with Spencer. And so um, for those of you part of the Locked on Tar Heels family, uh, if you are a person of faith, someone who prays, I would ask you to lift up the Kilby family in prayer. Um, Spencer, brother, if you are watching this, we love you. We're praying for you, thankful for you. And um, you got this, brother. Keep fighting. Um, another bit of odds and ends, no live postcast after, after the show tomorrow, I'm actually going to um, be traveling over the weekend. And so fortunately I'm not going to be able to do that. I apologize, but we'll pick back up and no midweek, no midweek game. So we'll pick back up with live postcasts after the Virginia game next Saturday. Um, three other quick things. Number one, Armando and Armando Baycott and RJ Davis were announced on Thursday that they have made the top 30 finalists for the Naismith midseason award for the college basketball best player. But I mean, it's Zach Eadie's award, so it's cool to be nominated, but <laughs> Zach Eadie's going to win. Um, also, two things that we, I'll mention here, but we'll discuss more in depth next week. On Thursday, Inside Carolina reported that UNC has formed a working group to talk about um, renovations to the Smith Center or perhaps a new arena. So I want to save that and talk about it next week since there's no midweek game. Great opportunity to go a little more in depth on that. And then also on Wednesday, John Rothstein, who's a big national name covering college basketball, tweeted out that the ACC um, will stay at 20 league games next year, even with 18 teams. And the ACC tournament is going to stay at 15 teams instead of expanding to 18. So we'll also go more in depth on that next week, but wanted to go ahead and mention it here. All right, let's get right in now to today's conversation to start off. Before we get to Virginia Tech, I want to zoom out and just set up the home stretch of the regular season. Look, it's no secret. 
Carolina has lost three of five. Now, massive win in there, beating Duke at home. Another big time win in there. I know Miami's not been as good this season, but going down to Miami and getting a win, big time. But three losses in between each of those at Georgia Tech, home to Clemson, and at Syracuse this past Saturday, uh, Tuesday, excuse me. But here's what I want to say to us right now to set up the home stretch. Even with what has just happened in the past five games, there is no reason that that stretch cannot just be a blip in what's an otherwise extremely successful season. On Saturday, tomorrow, North Carolina, when they host Virginia Tech, will finish up a stretch of having played twice a week for all seven of the weeks that have started 2024. No rest, no midweek rest. Everybody gets like one of those. Several other schools, like Duke, for example, have already had their midweek break opportunity. Carolina doesn't get that till after this one, exactly three quarters of the way through the ACC schedule. So um, while what's been happening has been tough, Carolina now has this much needed rest and break. It comes at a very perfect time because here's what happens, Virginia Tech and then on. Remember, six regular season games remain, four of them at home, Virginia Tech, and then uh, a road game, and then back to back to back, Miami. NC State, Notre Dame. Two road games mixed in there. The, the one in between Virginia Tech and Miami is Virginia next Saturday, and then obviously at Duke to close the regular season. I want to shout out uh, my guy, Mike Bova, my favorite uh, New York Tar Heel fan. He's always checking in with me. Um, was at the Syracuse game um, on, on Tuesday earlier this week. So shouts. What's up, Bova family? Um, Mike and I were actually texting earlier this week, and one of the things he said to me was, I want to kind of, here's what I'm thinking about these final six games. I would love if Carolina could win all four of the home games and not, uh, you know, like steal one of the two road victories. And so I want to look at that and, and see about that thought. So caveat here, obviously you always want to win all six of these, right? You'd love to go six and zero down the stretch of the season. But mathematically, that probably, not necessarily, not definitely, probably you will not win all six. So why, why not? Let's think about that. Win all four at home. That's very doable. Virginia Tech, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but Carolina projects to should, should be able to beat them. Miami, you've already beaten them on the road without Seth Trimble. Of course, they were without Keyshawn George. You should be able to do that. NC State, you've already beaten them in Raleigh. You should be able to beat them in Chapel Hill and Notre Dame is down like at the Louisville depths, although they've won a couple ACC games, but still, Carolina should handle them with pretty ease at home. So you look at those four games, and you feel pretty good about being able to sweep them. And then you've got the game at Virginia and at Duke. I feel really good about Carolina being able to get at least one of them. Again, I would love to get them both, but you feel good about getting at least one of them, either at Virginia or at Duke. Now, as, as per usual, I'll say this. The coaches and players can't and frankly shouldn't look ahead like we're doing right now, right? Like one game at a time, we got Virginia Tech, then we'll reset, look at Virginia. Then we reset, look at Miami. <laughs> they just got to keep piling games one at a time, stack up these wins. But for you and I, we can cast a wider net, look at the bigger picture of this. Because here's where things stand. If you achieve all of this that I've just said, like going five and one down the stretch here, 
that would land you at the end of the regular season heading into the ACC tournament at 24 and 7 overall and 16 and 4 in ACC play. That would be if you go 16 and 4, that would be a new Carolina record for uh, ACC in a 20 game ACC season, right? That's only been going since the year before COVID cut thing or the the 1920 season was the first of that when COVID kind of ended things, but ACC play was already done. Um, so that would be a new record for the program. And it would be 24 seven is the best overall regular season record since the 1819 season. And if you do this five and one mathematically guaranteed at worst, regardless of if it's Duke or um, Virginia, you would beat in that road game. At worst, second in the ACC, but probably even doing this 24 and seven and then 16 and four is enough for first place outright or tied for first in the ACC. And then, legitimately, if you do that, that's why I say that three of five stretch Carolina's just come through can be a blip on the radar in an otherwise extremely successful season. Now, if you mess around here, pick up a couple other losses, one, two, whatever it is, we're having a different conversation. But right now, I'm painting that picture of, look, no reason Carolina can't make that happen. And to do it, there are multiple factors you need to, to go on a 5-1, and one, or again, 6-0 and oh stretch of, of the end of regular season play. But for me, while there are a multitude of factors that play into it, the single most important thing right now is that Carolina – has to get back to the defense they had experienced through their 10-game winning streak. Plain and simple, no questions about it. I don't care what the offense is or what the offense is doing. They're going to get their buckets. They're going to have some droughts because that's what we've seen from this offense this year. But whatever the offense is doing doesn't matter if the defense doesn't start rolling again. I'll remind us of this stat. During North Carolina's 10-game winning streak, they ranked second nationally in defensive efficiency at barttorvik.com throughout that stretch. In this recent five-game stretch where Carolina's lost three times, not second nationally, 133rd nationally in defensive efficiency. So there, there it is right there. Carolina's got to figure out how to get back to defending. I know they didn't have a ton of time between Syracuse and this game, but if you can get this Virginia Tech game, then you got a whole week ahead of Virginia to get things a little bit figured out and get your legs up under you. So again, very, very possible for Carolina to go on a run and make the three out of five a blip. Let's make that happen. North Carolina also to do this needs to execute more capably down the stretch of games than they have in the last couple. What else will I be watching for on Saturday? In addition to that, I'll tell you about that coming up in our Four Corners preview. Right after I tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. North Carolina, the wait is almost over. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Tar Heel State. On March 11th, you'll finally be able to bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team, the Tar Heels, is going to win the second tobacco road rivalry of the season. All of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket or the one after that. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. 
with FanDuel. All right, folks, it's time for our Four Corners preview ahead of the Virginia Tech game. Number one, Carolina's offense down the stretch for a large majority of the season has been very effective, just making the plays they need to, taking care of the ball, executing well. Last couple games, though, been a little bit of a different story. Let's look at turnovers as the prime example of what's been going on. Let me just give you the last three games. That is Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. In the Clemson game, North Carolina, in totality for that game, had six turnovers. In the final three minutes and 35 seconds, they committed three of those. It's not a great recipe for winning a basketball game, a close one down the stretch. How about the Miami game? Carolina obviously won that game, but it was closer than it needed to be down the stretch. Why? Well, at least in part because North Carolina committed four turnovers in the final 332 of that game. How about Syracuse? Excuse me, on Tuesday night, final two minutes and two seconds. That's just 122 seconds of game action. Carolina committed four turnovers in that span. Y'all, that's literally last three minutes and 35 seconds of each of these three games, three, four, and four turnovers. It wasn't as bad at Duke, but let's extend back there four games ago. Four turnovers, or excuse me, two turnovers in the final 3-11. So Carolina's got something to figure out here. The like, not, not always has this been true, but also Carolina has been struggling to execute, just shooting well. Um, so, so all of these things... Um, making free throws at a consistent rate in the Miami game last Saturday, all of this Carolina has to execute better offensively, specifically down the stretch of these games. Now, hopefully tomorrow against Virginia tech, you'll have such a big lead that that won't have to happen, but you never know. Because again, we're looking for a full 40 minute performance, not just the last couple minutes, although that's critical, not just the beginning, although that's also critical, but everything in between. But if Carolina is in a tight one down the stretch, I'm looking to see if they can execute better than they have the last several games, particularly when it comes to turnovers. Number two, what is Carolina's counterattack for freeing up RJ Davis? It's been really neat to see Armando Baycutt's numbers go up the last four games. As, as we've talked about, he's got four straight double-doubles. First time he's had a streak that long all season long. He had a three-game streak earlier in the season. But here's what's interesting. That double-double streak for Armando has directly coincided with the four games in which uh, R.J. Davis's two-point field goal percentage has plummeted precipitously. Here's what I mean. So the last four games has been Duke, Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. Let's go back four games before that just to give some context. So that was at Boston College, hosting Wake Forest, at Florida State, at Georgia Tech. In those four games... From two, not, not including three-pointers, just two-point field goals, R.J. Davis shot 58.3%, 28 of 48. But in the last four games, as Armando Baycott's been having these double-doubles, R.J., again, Duke, Clemson, at Miami, at Syracuse, has dropped from 58.3 in those four, four former games before that to 25.7% from two in the last four, nine of 35. Is that just coincidence? Is it just, oh, that's weird that that happens in sports. Is it a change in how teams are guarding the Tar Heels? Because when you look at Carolina and you scout the Tar Heels, you think, all right, we got to contend with RJ Davis and we got to contend with Armando Baycott. Yes, we, you know, Elliot Cadeau, 
and Harrison Ingram and Cormac Ryan. We got to make sure to take care of them too. But these two stalwarts of the Carolina program right now are the guys we got to look at. For a lot of the season, for my money's worth, teams have been focused on shutting off Armando Baycott, particularly as Carolina's gotten into ACC play where the doubles have come hard and fast, things like that. Hey, we're not going to let Armando Baycott beat us. And that's what ACC teams have been used to doing the past couple of years. But this year, it's a different story because of R.J. Davis. So what's been happening these last couple of games? Well, starting with Duke, the first of that four-game stretch, we saw teams start to put more size on R.J., try to start bothering him more. Armando has been able to get, get unglued a little bit, be more productive. But R.J., he's still scored a bunch of points, but it's been tougher to do it. A lot of his work has been from the three-point line where he's still, even while shooting poorly from two in those recent games, he still shot over 40% from three. So the numbers are still there, but it's it's the two-point field goals in particular. So my question for this game, what is Coach Davis's counterattack for helping RJ Davis? Is it more screens? Is it getting him switched onto guards more his size? Really curious to see um, what exactly Virginia Tech does in their in their guarding of RJ Davis. So keep your eyes on that. The Carolina needs to find more efficient two-point opportunities for RJ. And on RJ's point, he can't settle for inefficient twos, right? Rather, I would rather see him attack more if it's there. And if it's not, I'd rather see him keep the ball moving, relocate, maybe get a better shot or get a teammate a better shot. RJ is smart and savvy enough to do all of that. But it's just that that recognition and doing it. So be watching what happens there in RJ's two-point field goal percentage on Saturday. All right, number three in four corners preview, rebounding. We know that this is uh, something that Coach Davis obviously has put a prime importance on this season. It's always been a staple of the Carolina way. But particularly in this game, Carolina needs, needs to dominate Virginia Tech. And season numbers suggest that they will. Virginia Tech. I'll just say is bad on the glass, both offensively and defensively. How about this? They average, Virginia Tech does, 7.9 offensive rebounds per game. That ranks 338th in the nation, and there's 361 teams, so that's not good. Defensive reboundings, it's better. They average 24.7 per game, but they're 237th in the nation, so it's better, but still outside the top 200. In totality, Virginia Tech averages 32.6 rebounds per game. That's just 323rd in the nation. Let's contrast that with the Tar Heels. Remember, Virginia Tech, 7.9 offensive rebounds. Carolina, 12.3. They're 51st nationally. Virginia Tech, 24.7 defensive rebounds. Carolina, 28.7. That's 17th nationally. That's a whole bunch different. And then finally, Virginia Tech. 32.6 total rebounds per game. Carolina, almost 10 more. 41 rebounds per game for the Tar Heels total. Virginia Tech, 323rd in the nation. Carolina, 10th in the nation in total rebounds. You see that dichotomy, but that's on paper. You got to go out and do it. Big commitment to the glass on both ends. Um, Carolina's inability to, to finish a defensive possession with the rebound down during the stretch run of the Syracuse game cost them. We saw that again against Clemson in the home loss where the Clemson had multiple offensive rebounds down the stretch that really hurt Carolina. Got to get those defensive rebounds and secure them in particular. And fourth, the final thing in our four corners preview is IR. We already talked about it, but this is how important it is now. 
Defend like your life depended upon it. Defend like crazy. It's time to shut up the world and all the noise. Time to remind everyone just how good this Carolina team is defensively. But let me add this caveat to it now because we've already talked about the defense in general. Carolina needs to do so without fouling. And that's difficult. You got to defend hard and you got to defend like crazy. Like I expect the Tar Heels to come out with a defensive intensity, with a big crowd behind them, excited. It's Saturday afternoon tip. Should be a lot of people there. But you got to do it without fouling. And why? Because there is one thing, one thing that Virginia Tech is elite at, and that's free throw shooting. They are fourth in the nation as a team, 79.5% from the free throw line. That's really, really impressive stuff. But Virginia Tech is also only 196th in the nation in free throw attempts per game at 18.9. By contrast, Carolina almost averages more attempt or more makes per game than Virginia Tech has attempts. You know, that's always the thing we're, we're looking for. Carolina averages 18 made free throws a game. Virginia Tech only takes 18.9. Carolina in totality this year has made 449, 449, that's eighth in the nation. Virginia Tech has made 454. That's only five more free throws. I'm sorry, I said made. Virginia Tech has taken 454 three throws. Carolina has only has made just five fewer than Virginia Tech has taken. That is wild, wild, I tell you. So guess what? Here's what that means. I don't care how good your free throw percentage is, Virginia Tech. You can't make them if you don't take them. Repeat that mantra with me. Everybody say it. You can't make them if you don't take them. Meaning, Carolina has to defend like crazy, but do so without sending Virginia Tech to the free throw line. That's how you win this basketball game. All right, there's the four corners preview. Here's the whole thing in totality. It's really odd to get to game 15 of the ACC schedule and just now be playing a team for the first and only time this regular season. But here we are. I'll fill you in on Virginia Tech and take you around the loaded Carolina athletic schedule coming up this weekend. We'll do all of that in just a second, but first, I need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Game Time. We're just about a month away from college basketball conference tournaments, and maybe you don't have tickets yet, but your team is going to make a wild run. Maybe you want to get in on seeing the Tar Heels. Game Time is the perfect place to get that last-minute ticket so that you don't miss out on all that excitement. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, plus music, comedy, theater, any of those events that are near you. They've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, a view from your seat, and a best price guarantee. And with that, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. I love this feature. They've got zone deals, Game Time does, where you pick the section, Game Time picks the seats, and when you do it that way, big time savings come in your way. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time, where you can buy tickets in just seconds with two taps. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, that's twenty dollars off your first purchase at Game Time with code Locked On. Terms apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. It really is. I, I said it. It's weird to get the game 15 of the ACC schedule and there's still an opponent you haven't seen yet. And that's Virginia Tech. And this is the only time Carolina will play them. Oddly enough, it's there's another opponent like that. Carolina plays Notre Dame in the 19th of the 20 ACC games. And that's the only time the Tar Heels played them. So weird. 
And it's only going to get weirder as the league gets bigger. So just prepare yourselves for that. So here's the game. Carolina hosting Virginia Tech inside the Smith Center tomorrow, Saturday, February 17th, 2 p.m. Tip off on the ACC network. So hopefully whatever game is before that, I haven't looked up who it is, will be done and gone and out of the way. Uh, no fan duel line as of the time I record this, but Ken Palm favors Carolina by 11. The Tar Heels lead the all-time series 72-17. to 17. Virginia Tech's head coach, if you don't remember, is Mike Young, who's in his fifth season. Hard to believe it's season number five after coming over from Wofford. As I record this, Virginia Tech is 62nd in the net. That makes this a quad two game at home. They're also 62nd at Ken Palm, 51th in offense, 51th, (laughs) 51st in offensive efficiency, 87th in defensive efficiency. Results thus far. Here's some of what you need to know about Virginia Tech. Kind of an odd results resume. Their best non-conference wins. They beat Iowa State on a neutral court, who's now 10th in the nation. They beat Boise State, who's one of the, the Mountain West schools that's doing quite well. Both those ages, both those wins have aged well. Outside of that, they performed well, just uh, two, no, three losses in non-con play, but their other wins were just kind of, yeah, they're all ranked outside the top 100, so whatever. Um, For Virginia Tech, here are their ACC wins uh, versus Clemson at NC State, home to Boston College, home to Georgia Tech, home to Florida State. That's the ones they're looking at there. Um, I'm missing one and then home to Florida state. Did I say that? What did I, which one did I miss? Uh, they beat Louisville at home as well. That's it. I missed that from there. That was their December game. Uh, worst non-con losses. Again, they didn't really have bad non-con losses. They lost to South Carolina who has proven to be really good. Although they got drubbed by Auburn this week, um, Florida Atlantic, same kind of thing. They haven't been as good as they were last year record wise, but still strong team. And then Auburn, who I you know, just talked about is drubbed South Carolina right up at the top of the SEC. So all of those are, you know, quote unquote, good losses or um, yeah, good losses, excuse me, for Virginia Tech. They're ACC losses. There's seven of them. Lots of road losses <laughs> at Wake, at Florida State, home to Miami, at Virginia, home to Duke, at Miami and at Notre Dame. So um, Virginia Tech not been as good on the road. Carolina been really good at home other than the Clemson loss. So uh, that favors Carolina well. couple players to watch, couple names that you will know and remember. Sean Padula and Hunter Couture. Padula, 15.8 points to lead the team, four boards, four and a half assists, shooting 36.4% from three on 5.4 attempts a game. Got to shut down Padula. Hunter Couture just behind him, 14.5 points. Just shy of three rebounds, just shy of two assists, but he's the one killing it from deep. 43.8% on 6.3 attempts per game. So really got to run Couture off the three-point line. Lynn Kidd is their big man, um, 6'10", big, 13 points per game. He's their third leading scorer, 6.8 boards, 1.3 assists. Interestingly, he played at IMG Academy right after Armando. I don't think they were ever teammates. He was a senior of the year after Armando And I don't remember seeing his name on the roster before that. So I I don't think they played together down there. Usual starters, Couture and Kidd and Padula are joined by Robbie Buran and MJ Collins. Um, And and you know, I already said it, Tyler Nickel comes off the bench typically. He is their fourth leading scorer, though, nine points per game. It's really all his his work mostly coming from deep, 41.6% from three on 4.4 attempts 
per game. So Tyler's shooting it well. So that's Virginia Tech. Got to take care of business at home. Got to restart a winning streak. But based on the uh, flip-flopping between wins and losses the Tar Heels are doing, uh, this is going to be a win just by that pattern. So, hey, good news there. All right, weekend whip around. Y'all, this is loaded. Stay with me. I'm going to run you through it. Women's basketball team picked up an ACC victory on Thursday night, 75-62 at home over Pittsburgh. Lexi Donarski led the way 20 points. Deja had 17. But man, Alyssa Utsby almost recorded another triple-double. 14 points, 10 assists, but 7 rebounds. Fell 3 short. But she also added 3 blocks and 3 steals. That lady... Alyssa Espy, man, love it, love it, love it. They're in action again. The women are Sunday, 6 p.m. on ACC Network at Wake Forest. So make sure you tune in for that. How about the softball team? I want to go there next because I think they're basically playing the entire top 25 this weekend. They're down in Florida uh, at the Shriners Children's Clearwater Classic. Thursday, they unfortunately lost 10 to 12 to number 18, Kentucky. Today, Friday, is the only non-ranked team they play this weekend in five games. UCF, 2 p.m. on ACC Network. Tomorrow, Saturday, they play number three, Texas. That's at 2 p.m. on ESPN+. And then two games Sunday, number six, Washington, 9.30 a.m. on ACC Network. And then later Sunday, number 20, UCLA, 12.30 on ESPN+. So good luck, ladies. Baseball, getting going. Wagner, uh, First weekend series anyway, all against Wagner at home Friday, today, 4 p.m. ACC Network Extra. Actually, the whole series is on ACC Network Extra. Saturday, tomorrow noon, and Sunday, wrapping up the series, 1 p.m. So excited to see that weekend series going wrestling. Today, they're at Virginia. It's actually tonight, I guess I would say, 8.30 ACC Network. Both lacrosse teams are in action tomorrow. Women uh, play number 12, Florida. That's 11 a.m., uh, woo, early one, ACC Network Extra. And the men, Saturday, play Fairfield. That's at noon. Uh, track is split up all over the place again. They're uh, Friday, today, Terrier DMR Invitational in Boston. Tomorrow and Saturday, they're actually in Blacksburg, Virginia Tech Challenge. And then more track action in South Bend, Friday and Saturday, the Alex Wilson Invitational. Three more to run you through. Gymnastics tonight versus Pitt. In Carmichael, 7 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network. So two different pit teams in Carmichael in two back-to-back nights. Women's golf, Sunday. They're down in Sarasota at the Spartan Sun Coast Invitational. Uh, that's day one, so I imagine that would go in the early part of the week as well. I didn't look ahead the rest of the schedule. And then fencing. Today, Friday through Monday, has the U- U.S. Junior Olympics in Charlotte. So, woo. Man, it's all going. Winter's stuff still going. Spring's getting kicked off. It's a lot of fun. What a time for Carolina athletics. Friends, that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in with us, making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day. If you haven't joined the Locked on Tar Heels Discord community, we'd love to have you. Come for the Tar Heels. Stay for the community. Be a live game thread going on tomorrow during the Virginia Tech game, so make sure you are in for that. The link is in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do that video and audio. We'd love to have you subscribe. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube so we know that you are here. Friends, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Hopefully looking for a big win this weekend. As a reminder, no live postcast after the game, so we'll be back with you on Monday. But until then, peace. Peace.